Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the everybody welcome to light the fight i'm back i'm david i wasn't gone for that long but i'm back whether you want to really be back or not you. we miss you did you I'm, really though yeah i mean kind of okay Brandon, do we have any <laughs> lie detectors here in this crafting facility no i mean i had to do the intro all by myself last week it was like you know it's harder than than you think you're really good at it <laughs> <laughs> Well, spewing off a whole bunch of stuff all at once, I am good at that. <laughs> Making it make sense to people, sometimes I miss. Tricky, tricky. Sometimes no. I, I go too far, well, say things that aren't funny. <laughs> well, welcome back. Happy well, to have you. Thank you, thank you. But you guys didn't miss very much when I was gone because I thought the episode with your husband was so good that I think we should have him on as a repeat offender. Uh, in the future, we'll in fact, I may be, I may plan on leaving <laughs> once a month simply so you can come in. Because before the podcast started, Heidi and I were talking about, okay, now this was Eric's first time here. Okay, next time, this is what you get. Like we already started talking about different topics, and I hopefully Eric doesn't hear about this. He hears our master plan because <laughs> it's easier if I just spring. I, it's easier if I just spring everything on Eric. Well, there's certain things. <laughs> there's certain things. If you tell people too far ahead of time, it give them too much time to think of a way out of it. <laughs> right. And for a man like Eric, telling him that you're going to talk, he's going to have to get really deep and talk about his feelings, like before you get him on the podcast, would not be a good idea. No. So no, glad that you left him in the dark, but he knew it was coming. <laughs> he's not stupid. He no, knew. He knew he, he was being great. set up, and he did amazing. In fact, that's what I want to talk about. Is that um, I thought. First off, I think he should do all of our ads because you were stumbling and he jumped in and was like, I know, I know. and you stopped you're like, wow, like Actually, he's doing a really good job. I think at, he listens to more podcasts than I do. <laughs> well, and also too, I, because he's a parent and he's, you know, he gets it. He, he like specifically about teencounseling.com, who we'll talk about in a second. I was really happy to hear him share that information because you guys know when you're looking for a counselor and going through the whole process that it's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, just finding a counselor that's going to be a good fit is one thing. But then meeting with the person enough times to know there's a good fit, that's hard in and of itself. So I thought he did a great job at that. And I thought you did a good job, too. I was just making fun of you. <laughs> um, but I also think one of, the other big, one of the other big highlights is that I really do feel like a lot of our listeners want to hear from Eric because he can give us some insight on Heidi. <laughs> Some behind the scenes stories, because I I I am very familiar with the stab the ball story, by far my favorite. But I'm thinking there might be other layers to that we don't get to see. So next time I get Eric alone, maybe I'll do the podcast with him one time there by myself. That would be the Heidi Confession Session podcast. We'll probably make that our last podcast. <laughs> that's right. That'd be the end. That'd be the end. So after that, it's like, all right, thank you, Salt Lake City, the world. We out. That's <laughs> yeah, it. exactly. So, but no, thanks for Eric's come out and, and cover for us. And he did more than just covering, did a great job. If you guys haven't listened to last week's podcast, Eric came on. And from a father's perspective, I really liked how he talked about, you know, why it's so important for him, how coaching really has become his connection with, with the kids. And I thought that was great. And I could, 
I totally relate to the whole entire dad thing. And and then on top of it, you know, how, how he's he's been willing to see a group of guys in his motorcycle community and his friends. And he sees everybody's kind of going through something. I know being in my own 40s, every time I talk to one of my buddies, if there's no one else around or if there's a couple close people around and the conversation starts to get personal, I'm always surprised on how few people men have to talk to about real personal sensitive things. And so I, I think it's great that he sees that because a lot of his friends in these groups, they have stuff going on in their life, but because of what he's gone through, I think he's the perfect person to open up that door and open up that those conversations, you know, when needed. Cause it's not like, you know, you want to sit around and talk about your feelings all the time. Eventually you got to ride the bikes, you know, well, but I thought he was just a great example of that. So it is interesting because all the guys that he rides with are like 10 years younger than him, you know? So they have... They have young kids. And, you know, when you're in that stage where, excuse me, you have little kids, you just kind of either want them to just, you just want to hurry them to grow up or wish it away or you just, you know. When, when can they feed themselves? And and women, <laughs> you know, when we get together, there's no problem getting vulnerable. There's no problem crying. We just go straight to the tears, you know. Um, it starts with, how was your day? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it it was just I appreciated the opportunity to just kind of in a different way for me to kind of give Eric some props because um, he's he teaches me a lot in with his example. And when you see these rugby players like like what one step down from from ultimate fighters, <laughs> you know, like these are these are brutal burly kids and they just love him and it's it's a cool it's a cool connection that he's been able to make and and not not everybody can do that so i appreciate that about him no i i thought it was a great job so like i say if you haven't listened to that podcast go and listen to it it's um, Eric Swap, the man behind the machine. <laughs> there you go. He calls it the swap behind the Heidi. <laughs> the swap behind the Heidi. There you go. There you go. But no, I thought it was a great, that is a great podcast. And segueing off that, um, he did do a great job with our sponsor, teencounseling.com. And so I just want to give a reminder to all of our listeners out there, teencounseling.com, the new age digital way to get your teenager and your family some counseling. If you've struggled to find a good counselor, if you've been bouncing around from one counselor to another because it didn't work, go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF, which stands for Light the Fight, and get 10% off your very first month. They'll hook you up once you go there to the website and fill out the form. They'll hook you up and get you contacted within 24 hours and start matching you with a therapist. And the great thing about this, this therapist could be in a different state, different part of the United States. But if they match up with you, with the needs that you have for your child and your family situation, then it really doesn't matter what state there are, with the state they're in. I know as a parent, I would want the right person for my kid. And if I got to do it through FaceTime and they have a technology through their app that's similar to FaceTime... I would just do whatever it takes. I know you as a, as a mom too, Heidi, it's like something's better than nothing. By the way, I'm just going to add that this just isn't your teenager between that therapist and your teenager. Like they loop you in as a parent. Yeah. And so you're still involved. This is very much like a recognizing, understanding that these kids are under the age of 18. This is, this is a, an effort um, for your family, yep. really. So 
I, I've had more. a lot of people who have kind of, I've had people who have asked me that question, like, I don't really want to just send my kid onto a website. Well, no, it's, it's yeah. you're, it's, mom and dad, you're involved. Yeah. It's, it's, if you were to go to traditional family counseling therapy with your teenager, it's going to be the same, the same process as far as like meet with the teenager, talk to the parents. The only difference is um, they're not taking insurance, but it's a whole lot cheaper then cash pay. I know for myself, it's about half the price. Mm-hmm. I think it's exactly about half the price of one session with me face to face. So cost effective. Yes. The light, the fight discount. Yes. You get 10% there and just easy access to the counseling that you needed possibly a long time ago. So light. Uh, so uh, teencounseling.com backslash LTF for your 10% discount. And please give us any feedback. Um, we, we love to communicate back with them about your experiences. And so far it's been nothing but great stuff. So thank you guys very much for giving a shot. And if you haven't given a shot, give them a call. Okay. So uh, last uh, but not least, um, we want to talk about, um, uh, well, let's give a shout out to 1-800-CONTACTS, which sure. is our, our, our big community sponsor. So thank you, 1-800-CONTACTS, because they make all the bedazzle happen. But also, too, want to give a, as Heidi, what do, you, what do you always say? A shameless self-plug? Don't you always say it? Like, you know, a shameless self-plug? <laughs> not go. always say it, but you'll say that sometimes about the podcast. You guys, I'm really excited about something. Um so first of all, my TED talk came out and I'm excited about that, but I'm more excited about something after that. So the TED talk, if you haven't heard us talk about here, then you knew to light the fight. We're just going to call this the snowball, the David Kozlowski snowball effect. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully it's a snowball effect. So I talked about the parenting partnership and that's something that we've talked about a couple different episodes here on light the fight. And incidentally, it's something that even though we've talked about it a couple of times, it it's bigger than a podcast episode. It, <coughs> it kind of requires yeah. more info. Yeah. And so so what we decided, we decided to take <laughs> this TED Talk topic. And because this parenting partnership was one of the few episodes that we've done where people had a lot of questions about. Because it was not something like Heidi said that I could just say some certain things like statements versus questions and other smaller like bite-sized tools. This is not uh, This is not a tool. This is a system. And so it's something that I created that parents would go home and do and then come back and report weekly. And I would help them, I'd help them do it, but it would take about nine weeks on average for us to do this. And so what we did was we took the TED Talk, which was the parenting partnership. Which is really kind of more like a little teaser. Commercial, like a just a teaser commercial, commercial just to yeah. make you go, wait, what? It's not one of those TED Talks where right when you hear it, it's like, oh, this is catchy or this is like some... It's definitely makes you're gonna have to think about it, and you'd have to have a teenager's struggles with your kids to really pay close attention. But what happened was, um, we chose to do our very first e course, my very first e course, based upon that because it's such a system approach. There's worksheets involved, there's you know, things that you have to agree upon with your teenager. But I tell you what, guys, in my private practice, it might be uncomfortable. Well, yeah, everything we do is uncomfortable, you have to work a little bit, so. Yeah. Yeah. D- don't become Mormon if you want an easy religion to follow. <laughs> don't listen to Light the Fight if you want to just listen to some podcast validating about how horrible teens are and then how bad it is for parents. No. And definitely don't do this e course if you just want your teenagers to magically wake up and be obedient. <laughs> um, but no, basically, to make a really long story short, what I'm trying to tell you guys is that we are launching the e course as of today. 
and the e-course is on sale right now for everybody. It's 50% off sale for the holidays, but specifically for the Light the Fight users, it's going to be an additional 50% off, but you're going to have to use the promo code. Additional $50 off. Yeah. So right now, your, introduction, say, 50? So your introductory is 50%, and then you're giving our Light the Fight faves. Yeah, 50, another an 50, addition, $50 Did off. I say another 50% off? Yeah. Okay, so that'd be for free. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're getting the podcast yeah, for free. Getting the podcast for free. Yeah, so it's already at fifty percent off. But if you use the um, the code uh, the code LTF when you go to sign up, it'll give you an additional fifty dollars off. You guys, I can't tell you enough. Not only do I give you tools in there, not only I break down all these different steps that are going to be very helpful for you to build a strong partnership with your teenagers and all the information I've learned throughout the past 21 years, really highlighted a lot of different videos, but I'm breaking down for you the agreement. I'm giving you answers to questions. A lot of parents have already been doing the agreement. They're asking questions. I give video responses. Um, there's so much backend support. It's not just the agreement. It's all this other stuff too. And, and I, I'm very confident everybody's going to like the products. Very it confident. It looks that, so good. Yeah, Heidi saw it, it for the looks, first time today. Yeah, I just barely saw it. A lot um, of emojis. In fact, I just got my, I just got my own, I just got my own ticket on in. Um, but I, I got to say, it's very, it's clear, it's concise. I'm here to tell you from the BTS behind the scenes situation, these guys have been working on this like crazy people. Um, it made so. some of us a little crazy, like our producer Brandon, <laughs> sleepless nights. But he's young. Yeah, it, he he nailed it. Yeah. Well, you guys both did. It it really looks good. I think that um, it will change things. It, this is going to change things. It's exciting. I hope so. And so, just a little last reminder for you guys: um, there will be a link in the description that actually um, that you can add the discount code. Uh, it'll automatically add in for you. So just go to the description of this podcast, click on the link, it'll add in the discount code for you. But I agree with Heidi. I think it's going to really change things. And if you just want to go check it out, um, we will also add the link to Parenting Partnership. There's a couple videos that we have on there that you can preview for free. So I don't want you to spend money and thinking, oh, right, this guy's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Watch some of the videos first. If it inspires you, motivates you, makes you think that it's legit, then Feel free to click on the discount code and get well, an extra $50 off. Well, didn't you mention to me you've got a couple kids who've actually been through this that do some videos for Yeah, you? so we, we got a couple uh, testimony videos from parents, from teenagers that you'll be able to see on the website. You guys so go and watch. Check it out. I, I'm yeah. sitting here smiling because I'm not trying to... I don't want to boast or brag too much, but I'm smiling because I know once this starts getting going, people are going to really like this. and. You know, it's, it's my life's experience. And on the podcast, we spark lots of questions. People are like, tell us more. Well, now you get to learn more in a step-by-step -step I'm process. excited. I'm excited for you, David. I think it's a, I think it's a big deal. Um, and if I just sit here for one second and I rewind, if I just rewind to when I first met you or even to when we first lost Corey and we started talking about this podcast, I just remember thinking, I just need your voice to go outside the four walls of your office and to watch this unfold in the TED Talk and in the course. I'm just super proud of you. And I'm happy for those of us on the receiving end of this because this information is so valuable. I mean, you said nine weeks is how long it would normally take for you to take a family through this. That's like 120 times nine. I don't know what the math is. Probably yeah. Brianna could tell me faster. But 
so you're talking about like over thirteen hundred dollars, like over a thousand dollars worth of counseling for one hundred and fifty dollars. This is an amazing amount of information that you can listen to and re-listen to and cater it to you. Plus, they still get access to you. Um, it's kind of a big deal. Well, thank you, Heidi, and I appreciate that. And um, the last thing I'll add to what she just said is that, yes, this is over two hours of videos. Now, each video, there's not one video that's more than five or six minutes a piece, but... So it's small bites. Yeah, small bites. Which we all need. Very, very, very scripted. Very but there's a lot, of, a lot of people who aren't ready to do the Parenting Partnership Agreement, but there's tons of videos to get you started on tools and concepts to help you build a relationship that could set up for the agreement. Um, so we put all that in there. We just wanted you guys to have There's so much content. There's also a video for you to actually show to your teenager to try to, get, to to introduce this directly to your teenager and get them on board. I'm batting a thousand. Every time I've asked a teenager to do the agreement, I've never had a teenager turn it down. So instead of me asking parents to ask their teenager when you may have not the best relationship with them, I did a short video just to play for your teenager. And so far, all the people that have shared this video with their teenager, it was very helpful. Some of them were really suspicious. They saw the video. Some of them were like, okay, I'll do it. But after they saw the video, they just had more confidence in it. So I think we thought about 95% of everything that needs to be in there. We just need you guys to purchase the course, give us some feedback so we can continue to add. It's a lifetime subscription. So every month I'll be adding new tools, new videos, just new stuff to add to it. And then before you know it, Light the Fight will be having its own e-course. And so, yeah, we're off and running. Yeah, very cool. Okay. So let's get to uh, the the reason why we're here. Why are we here? No, just <laughs> Well... We're in Utah and it's a warm room. Well, it's not that warm. It's not that warm. I turned off the heater because it was making too much noise, but I kind of wish it was back on. Well, we're here to talk about something that's an F word, families. <laughs> it's not yeah. a four letter, four letter <laughs> F word. But no, we're, we're, we want to talk more about something about these holidays. You know, we've it's been talking about recently. Sensitive. Yeah, it's time kinda, sensitive. So right now it's the second week of December, which means. The cash flow is low. <laughs> the stress levels are high. Well, for some people, the cash flow may not be low. But for most people, even if you have tons of money or little money, there's expectations to spend a lot of cash right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's so here. here's the thing that um, usually what happens is I kind of come on Tuesday nights when we record um, with something that's been on my mind or conversations that have kind of been floating around. And this one has cropped up a lot. And or friends that have been begging her, say, can you bring this up and answer <laughs> yeah, this question on the podcast for <laughs> That's me? Right. Or even kids. Yeah. Um, this has been kind of an ongoing conversation between several. I've had several of these conversations, which is, you know, how stressful it can be to... Um, to meet your ch your children's expectations for Christmas, to meet to to make sure that they kind of keep up with the friends, to kind of figure out like how you're going to make your kid smile on Christmas morning. I mean, as a parent, you, there's a certain level of you really want that to have some 
some magical mo- moments, you know? And what about if you're a parent that's really struggling personally or in your relationship in life? Do you think you'd want to make your kids smile even more? Make them happier even more? For sure. Especially if you think some of their problems are because of some of your choices in life or, <laughs> or not making choices in life that you should have made a long time ago? Redemption or something? I mean, Christmas, you, and you guys might know this. If you know me, if you've known me for very long, um, Christmas is not my favorite. And it's not because I don't love Jesus, because I do. <laughs> right? You know, like sometimes you feel bad, like I hate Christmas. That translates to I hate Jesus, but that is not the case. It's I hate the pressure and I hate the stress and I hate the expectations. And well, and for you too, in your defense, I mean, your profession is kind of weighed around the holidays well, too. Well, and, and I will say that. So, and this is just a little like Heidi moment. I'm just going to share. Um, I start getting serious anxiety about the holidays. And um, I decided to take some time to journal. This was not a video journal. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. Darn it, darn. No, this was actually like me sobbing my brains out and writing, wondering why I was so mad. Um, I was, I started to feel it. And you guys, the feeling comes at the beginning of December. I don't, I can't control it. And yeah, and, and so I'm starting to write and yes, I lost a son. And so that adds, um, yes, this is when my work comes down on me like a vice grip, you know, um, financial stress, um, end of year stuff. Like there's all that. Then I started to even like think back further and no lie. I remember my mom did not like Christmas. Um, so just a little bit more background that started to come out in my journaling. Like, it's interesting how as you get older, you connect with your parents more, right? Getting comfortable and taking off the, yeah, the puffy yeah. parka Utah jacket now. So when I was 12 years old, um, our family lost my little brother, who was six at the time, um, in a snow avalanche accident. That accident happened on December 27th. It happened two days after Christmas. And both of my little brothers were involved in a kind of an avalanche style snow accident. And um, the youngest of my two brothers uh, was was buried. There was life flight came, that came and got him. And on New Year's Eve, my little my little six-year-old brother passed away. And um, as a 12-year-old, like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to say my prayers. This is no big deal. God can do anything, right? You know, like, I genuinely believed that I could just pray and this little kid was going to be fine. And as a 12-year-old watching my mom and dad negotiate this situation and then go home from the hospital with no little brother and bury that little boy in the snow and 
And then my mom stopping to make dinner, you know, and, um, and that's when she, not too long about the, maybe six months later is when she started scrapbooking. And, um, it wasn't until last week that I started to think, oh, now I know why my mom hated Christmas. Like, oh, I remember that. I remember that the for that next Christmas, we went away instead of being at home for Christmas, you know? And, and it wasn't until like I started to kind of rebuild. This isn't necessarily about it's not one thing, right? It's a, it's a lot of things that's tied into my whole entire history of why Christmas stresses me out. (laughs) And, and I'm very aware that I'm doing it to my kids, you know? And so, um, the finances, that's, that's one angle the wanting it to be magical, wanting it to be special, wanting to keep up with the Joneses, the wanting to escape, wanting to make everything okay with some great present. Like, there, this is a loaded, it's, it's, a, it's a freaking loaded holiday and no wonder. Well, and it's a big money grab for businesses in general. Yeah, I mean, it's, including it's, myself. Yeah, and well, I mean, I mean for, for the, some for, businesses- yeah. I mean, not to say that your business, your industry isn't like, that's a big time year, but for other businesses and stuff like that, we're talking billions of dollars. So like, like maybe like a bigger, like a Joanne's or like, you know, something like yeah. maybe because, and so, and you look at some of these, these opportunities that of course they're going to want people to buy their products. I mean, of Black, course Friday, gonna... Black Friday was happening like three Fridays before I know. Black Friday. Like, <laughs> I was getting deals was like a week before. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. So people don't trample each other. Uh, <laughs> That's positive. But uh, I remember going back um, right after Corey had passed away and the first Christmas was coming up. You'd shared a lot of this story with me personally, and we haven't talked about it since then. But you talked about it and you'd say, you'd said, like, I really hate Christmas. Like, I really don't like Christmas. And I don't know if you said hate, but you're just, Ugh. I probably did. And, and you were like, you're like <laughs> the only, so the only person that ever would help me was Corey. And then you told me, story and I'll, and I'll let you kind of share like what you and him would do together and how that was your guys thing. And so now that he's gone, it's like, you didn't really love it that much anyways, but the one positive thing about it and the support person, like the things I heard you say that was specific between Corey and you or the Christmas and him eating your food. Yeah. He's the kid set up my Christmas tree every year. And it was, I mean, he, he just, He's just kind of a help, a helpful kid, and I think um, that was his thing too. It was, it was his thing, and in fact, I, in fact, I pulled up the pictures today. I have this one series um, of photos of him setting up the tree. You don't even see his face because it's just I, I must have just been snapping like as as it was going along, and um, it was a big deal to me that that he would help me set up a Christmas tree and um, you know yeah that that 
that added to it. That kid would get on the roof and do the Christmas lights without being asked twice. You know, um, he, he was a worker and, um, and so I, I think that that element alone, you know, it's, it's been interesting, even on Instagram, there's several people that I feel connected to on Instagram because through loss of their children in different ways. This is about the time that moms start kind of pulling out those photos. Um, my favorite part of Christmas, my favorite part of Christmas used to be making Christmas cards. And if you know me, it's like the elaborate Christmas card. There's no, It's not just, you know, the Costco postcard. That's like a cop-out. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because that's like what everyone does. But but for you, you're like, no, it's no. Be. I mean, it was the yeah. only. It was like my joy. Yeah. And um, I haven't made a Christmas card since since we lost Corey. I have a plan for a Christmas card this year. You know, well, other people have lost their kids. I mean, I forget one mom. I think she called. She said, "You know, people say, oh yeah, I have a plus one.' So we'll lose my child. Christmas cards are really complicated for me because now we have a minus one. And how do do we hold a picture and remember them? Do we show that we're fine with that? Like, there's so many things that would go through this mom's head. And she goes, and it's the same questions every year. It doesn't change. I have to think of something totally different every year yeah, yeah. that I have to like battle with myself. Is this good enough? And then whatever I produce, I'm thankful and happy for it. And then come January 1st, I'm already thinking, okay, now what am I going to do next year? It's like, yeah, I don't know do. if I can even show up for Christmas yeah. next year. We'll just take it one month at a time. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of like get through the whole month, the, the level of anticipation, you know, the whole month. And then Christmas comes and, I kind of finally like break down and just and like let go and just allow it to happen and just enjoy it. Um, but it usually takes me fighting it and being mad or being hurt or letting the stress get to me. And then by association, the stress pass right over to Eric and right on to my kids. Um, and, and that sucks. No. Well, you know, part of the thing that fuels that stress, um, we, we'd mentioned like if people have had past painful experiences associated with the holidays, which is all too common. And even if your loved ones in past on the holidays, the holidays is where you're expected to be with loved ones. And so if there's someone missing, and this doesn't have to be just through death, this could be through divorce. This could be through life circumstances. Um, loved ones move far away. You know, there's a lot of things that I think for me personally, working with people throughout the years, I think people do like a personal inventory at Christmas. And it's like they, they, they well, can't just kind of measure it against every Christmas yeah. or, you know, it's like, you know, say, you know, um, you know, Santa's like checking his list and checking it twice, you know, <laughs> who's not even nice. I think a lot of times people, they're checking their relationships and they're checking them twice. They're checking to see. I'm doing a Christmas party. Who's going to be the first one to respond? Who's showing up? Who's not going to show up? I know this time of year, like my wife, she gets invited to some things with some of her girlfriends. They get together and do stuff. And she'll all, all too often she'll go and she'll show up and just see the devastation on the person who hosted it. And the person is, is oftentimes enjoying the moment, but also you could tell a person's overly concerned, like how come these people didn't show? How come those people didn't show? You just see the pressure and the expectations because there's a lot of things that could go wrong during the holidays and we've all had good holidays and bad holidays. 
But one of the episodes that we talked about before, we talked about, you know, metaphors and talked about how food is a metaphor of love. Our home is a metaphor of safety and security, comfort, but mostly safety. And money is a metaphor of trust. And throughout the holidays, sometimes people throw caution to the wind when it comes to money in hopes to relieve the pain for themselves or for their loved ones and their kids. Now, I can't put everyone in this category because all families are different. So a little disclaimer, if you're one of the families who's financially has a lot of financial freedom, your kids are not um, entitled, they're very happy and respectful, and you spend lots of money, but they're appreciative, they're not asking for things, well, then the rest of this podcast isn't for you. Okay. <laughs> Cause you're the one percenters. So all one of you. <laughs> all one of you, if we have one, right? Um, but no, with this what this podcast is really for, and obviously we're you know, we're talking about this, talking about Heidi's situation, but all too often we look at the holidays as an opportunity of a moment to pull everything together and have one big hurrah. It's like the year we just a big feel. Good. Yeah, like if Bill big feel good, and you know the whole year is when we're going through ups and downs, bumps and bruises, but we can pull off the holidays. But for some people, they look in the bank account and they don't know how they're going to pull off the holidays. For other people, the bank account may not be the issue, but the issue might be they feel like they've used money to pacify the pain through their kids throughout the years, and now their kids are pretty demanding of things throughout the holidays. They feel very entitled, and. I mean, I'm not going to be able to cover all these, but a couple other that comes to my mind is that a lot of times people do not feel that the holidays is something that they should spend a lot of money on. And it's all about moments and experiences. And that may be great for you, but other people's languages of love, they would just like you to get them a present every now and then. And so there's going to be all different variations. Or how about of, just cash? Or, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> be all different variations of how money um, can be used in both good ways and, and you know, how we can use money to overcompensate for the holidays. But the one thing I want to talk about for a few minutes and Heidi and I were does, discussing before is a lot of times families are in disarray. They're having problems with their kids. We want to speak more to the people who are most likely going to be listening to our podcast. People that have had past family struggles currently having struggles or feel it relevant to, to sharpen their tools to make sure that they're always in the know of how to connect with their families and kids. So if you've been guilty of trying to spend more money than you can afford or more money than you need to spend to try to make this holiday special for your kids, but now you're feeling, oh, did I set myself up? Are we in a situation now if I don't get the best iPhone or if I don't get the best video game console that my kids are gonna have a miserable holiday experience, then that could be holidaying scared. You could be going to the holidays fearful, Heidi's had some conversations with people. I have a lot of conversation with people this time of the year. People are trying to figure out what is that happy medium? How do I show love and how do I give love and expression by buying things for my loved ones? But at the same time, I'm not doing it to the extreme so that I'm trying to buy a happy experience. I'm, I'm not creating a happy experience with them. I'm just trying to buy a happy experience. I don't know the details of every family that's going to be listening to this, but one thing I do want to point out for sure. I want you to consider, no matter what you buy for your kids, to give your kids the gift of conversation. Hmm. Now, the gift of conversation is much different than other gifts. Because whether you're broke or whether you're poor, the gift of conversation, a conversation that's honest, 
a conversation that's truthful, a conversation that is somewhat vulnerable and can expose some, some thoughts and feelings where you're at. So what I encourage people to do is take this opportunity in the holidays. Let's say you don't have money. This is a great example. This is a great time. A lot of parents, they're sitting here going, how am I going to pull this off? How am I going to pull this off? They're going to try to pull off a miracle to get the presents that their kids want. Other parents, because they can't afford it or they think they can't afford it, we're not sure if they can afford it, they'll tell their kids straight off the bat, you know, we're not getting a lot for Christmas this year. You know, we don't have a lot of money. I'm like, you know, you're not going to be taking, you don't need to be one of those kids that have a new iPhone and this and that. Well, guess what? Those parents are coming from the same parent, same place that the parents that are trying to buy the holiday experience for them. They're trying to protect their kids from some sort of discomfort, mm -hmm. from some sort of pain. Disappointment. Too. From some sort of disappointment, exactly. Mm -hmm. Think about it, it's our blast hurrah. There's been lots of disappointments throughout the year. When your kids were little, Christmas was so special. It was before, and I, I'm using random examples, it was before maybe you went through that divorce that now you're splitting the kids. It was before there was a death of a loved one in the family. The family was whole. It was before there was... Um, the disillusionment of the holiday magic. Exactly. <laughs> so there was a time, and there's had to have been a time where the holidays were special, which is why we're trying to recreate that magic you talked about. But the gift of conversation is the one thing that we can all afford, but sometimes we don't even think to do. So if you have a kid and this is a conversation, I have a lot of people, my kids are spoiled, you know, they're going to be disappointed if I don't get them a brand new car, those types of things. I think we should be more honest in those conversations with our kids. I think we should tell our kids, say, listen, I can't afford this particular thing for you. I don't want to watch you be brokenhearted and disappointed at Christmas day because you didn't get the thing that you wanted and I wanted to give you. The reason why is because when you're a little kid, nothing got me happier, more excited to see you open up a present. Your joy was so pure, so raw. And so I want to relive that. And I'm looking at you as a mother's and father. And you may get emotional because the parents that have done this, it, it brings up some emotions. And I am pretty confident I can't pull off that Christmas miracle this year. So even though it's not the gift that you wanted, I wanted to give you this conversation, and let you know it is not because you're not deserving. And granted, maybe your kids aren't deserving, but this is about you right now. It's not that you're not deserving. It's not that I don't want to buy you these things. And I don't, it's not that I don't want to make this elaborate, special Christmas. I'm in a place in my life or our family's in a place in our life. Whatever that is, you, you talk about that just enough to let them know that you're not trying to make excuses for why this Christmas may not be magical. But what you're doing is you're telling them just because this Christmas is like this doesn't mean that I'm going to stop working hard that I'm not going to change this around for our family. A man came to me about four or five years ago. he had had lots of money. He lost everything in the market crash when everything went down with the homes in 2008. Not only did this guy went from being very lab, very lavish, he went to living with his parents in their basement. So the Christmas right after the, that it all happened, probably like an 09 or 10 Christmas, he had to have a conversation with his kids because what he was doing is he was telling them how spoiled they were. And you know, you're used to having, you know, you know, brand new boats in the summertime, this and that. See, it makes me feel like you guys only like me because I was rich. Now, mind you, he went through divorce in that time, lost all of his money, living in his parents' basement, and he's a full grown adult. Do you not think that he was ashamed that he couldn't yeah. provide those things for his kids? Oh, yeah. 
Do you not think it didn't sting that much more because his wife remarried a guy who wasn't having financial problems <laughs> and they weren't trying to buy the kids love, but they were able to have nice things over there at that Christmas. And the kids are teenagers mostly. So they're looking at dad going, dad, what happened? Like you were the man and his ego is really difficult. So all up until we'd had this conversation, he was telling the kids, you're spoiled, this and that. Don't expect anything great from me. I'm like, why are you saying this? He's like, cause I feel horrible. I'm like, so because you feel horrible and you're stressed out, now you're going to make them stressed out and feel like they're not deserving these nice Which things. Which is exactly what and I And by did. the way, his kids weren't punks. His kids weren't kids that weren't deserving a good Christmas. They weren't horrible kids. They were just going through some family struggles, right? So the reason why I'm telling you the story is because up until this point, he was angry and upset and taking out all this frustration with them and he was stressed. But when he had this conversation with them, I told him to have it the night he, like Thursday nights, a lot of times dads have the kids. He took the kids out to dinner, sat them down in the back of the restaurant and just started telling them his situation. He said, I'm embarrassed. He goes, I made some bad business choices. I would like to tell you that the market, this, all the stuff like that excuse I made in the past. But the reality of it is, is I wasn't smart and I'm still paying for that. And you guys are paying for it. And I feel bad. So the best thing I can give you this Christmas is a guarantee I'll be a better father this next year. I mean, he just went, I mean, it was so powerful. Once he got to that place where I had to give them the one thing I couldn't give them years before, honesty and truth and just a truthful conversation about where I'm at. So let me ask you this. Do you get where I'm going with this yes, so far? Okay. And I, yeah. and I love it because I think, like my mom never sat me down and said, "I'm broken heart because I lost my son." This, I can't <laughs> right because I, and so, and so I was left to extrapolate why she was unhappy, right? Which then made me unhappy because we take it personal. I'm the oldest daughter too. Like I, how can you not take it personal? I did. Yeah, I do. Right. Um. I I never would want to be a parent that says to my child that makes them s feel insecure and worried about me, right? We and we've talked about that before. Like it's not our job, it's not our kids' job to feel bad for us, right? It's not it's not for us to put the weight of our world on our kids. But it sounds to me like what you're saying isn't feel bad for me or I want you to be stressed because I'm stressed. I feel like you're saying, could I be real with you for a minute? And, and then kind of back it up with, this isn't like, I want, I want to do better, I, I guess. Or, well, it's very easy. But do you see my concern? I like, totally I don't, I don't concern. want my kids to like go to school and tell their friends that they're not going to get anything under the tree. I mean, well, and, do you and, know what I mean, and, and here I do know what you mean. And here's the difference: is out of frustration, that's where parents want to give themselves credit for all the amazing things that they've done in the past holidays, and to tell their kid this year's not going to be like that. In that, in that scenario where maybe they can't afford a lot or maybe they're really stressed out a lot and they can't show up and do a lot. In this scenario, when you go have the conversation, the reason why I say this gift of conversation, you can directly state, say, hey, I know that what I'm about to tell you right now is not the gift that you wanted from Christmas, but I also know that you realize that Christmas 
is no longer the same when it was when you're a little kid. Now, a lot of times parents want to try to explain to their kids, this is real life. You're going to be stressed out. Christmas isn't always right, magical. Right. But that's just shoving all this stuff down someone's throat that they're not really trying to digest. What I find that's more effective, and this dad in this example that I, that I used really illustrated this, is he's giving them the gift of you have to make Christmas magical. The presents don't make it magical. The where you have dinner doesn't make it magical. Those things all make it bedazzled and cool. What makes connection. yeah, what makes the holidays really memorable is the connection. Yeah. Is the memory of the people that you're around. I remember I'm gonna try not to get emotional. I don't know, I'll try, but we'll we'll see what happens. This Christmas is actually very hard for me because this is the very first Christmas that both my parents have been gone. And I got to really like miss them because for many years it was not easy in my relationship with my parents because they had a lot of struggles themselves. And so this Christmas I wanted very badly to go back to my hometown in Carlsbad, get an Airbnb, stay there for four days before, stay till New Year's. I want to surf on Christmas morning, get the same donuts like I always did, did the same things that my family did, make the meals the night before. And because we couldn't pull it off in such short notice, I was really down and sad for a number of days about it. And then my wife and I had this conversation and then we decided we'd go back home a day after Christmas for various reasons, you know, her work, stuff like that. My point is, and I'm bringing this up, is that I had a conversation with my kids telling them that I really wanted to go and be for Christmas. We're going to do this next year. And I cried to them and said, hey, I wish I could do the same things that my parents did with me. And I had a very honest conversation and my kids looked at me and not that they'd forgot that my parents had died, but it's not on their day-to-day radar. And so when I explained that to them, they all offered to forego most of their Christmas so that we could, because they thought it was a money thing. Like it, it was, my wife couldn't take off time work. It was just a lot of complicated things. And they're like, dad, well, you could give us less Christmas presents. So we, it was so good to talk to my kids. I know they're younger, but it's so good to talk to them, share with them where I'm at, what I'm going through, and to see their empathy and compassion. Say, you know, we're not requiring, yeah, we would like all this great stuff because they have a long Santa list too, but the fact that they're willing to give up some of the things so that I could have my Christmas, isn't that what the holidays are really supposed to be about anyways? Mm-hmm. It's that mutual sacrifice. If we, if we look at it from the Christ-like perspective, that's what it symbolizes. If we look at it from the overall holidays, it's unity, like togetherness, community, family. That's what it's supposed to um, represent. So the gift of conversation, it could be totally different for everybody, but if you're in a position where you personally are struggling because of the loss of your loved ones, or maybe you're struggling financially, find as much honesty that you feel that you could share with your family and kids and give that to them, not as an excuse for maybe not buying elaborate things, but as a reason why this Christmas may be different, but it doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be, okay, let's let's not deal with it. What happens is when a teenager or a kid starts demanding lots of expensive things and the parents can't afford it or or the relationship isn't going well, the parents stressed out and they don't want to feel like they're being manipulated, parents snap back. They're sarcastic. They're yeah. they're saying mean things. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you didn't get me anything last year, so why should I, you know, we start to get really loose with the things that we say. But the reality of it is we're all stressed. We're all going through difficult things at various degrees. Some people may be like stressed about losing jobs and don't know where they live. And other people may be just stressed for other reasons. But whatever your kids are stressed about, whatever you're stressed about, you can model for them and tell them, hey, this is what I wanted this Christmas to be like. 
And realistically, I think this is what I can provide. I'm not in a good place or this is happening. Take it for what it's worth, but this is where I'm at. I know from my experiences that the teenagers and kids that hear truth from their parents are more forgiving. They're more understanding. I wish my parents would have had conversations with me like that because there was a couple Christmases I asked for things and they provided those things and I know damn well they could not afford it and that they paid seriously financially because they could not bear to see me. The little boy who's abandoned, didn't have his mom in his life, this kid that was supposed to be in a foster care, they couldn't bear to see me feel like I wasn't worthy of gifts or love. For whatever reason that you have to not want to hurt your kid's heart, the worst, not the worst thing, but I think what would hurt them more is for you not to be honest with them what it's like to be you right now. So pick your words, figure out what you want to talk about. Maybe you do it individually with one of your kids. Maybe you do it collectively with them. I, I really think it's this is an opportunity. And if you're not going through anything, it's not necessary, then this isn't for yeah. you. But if there is difficulties and challenges in your life, whatever it may be, whatever you can speak upon that, like I said, it's not an excuse, but man, it makes sense to people. And maybe it's an opportunity to also, like if there is something that's important to you about Christmas, like yes. hey, it is really important to me that we gather on Christmas Eve and read from the Bible or that we get a photo before all of you guys open your presents or, you know, whatever, probably a good idea to establish the thing that is important to you and in a, in a real vulnerable, honest way to give your family the opportunity to accommodate you and, and to make sure that that thing that's important to you happens, not just like, Oh mom, you know, like, because when, yeah. it when it comes, I can see, you know, when it comes from a really, um, tender place it's it's received that well yes it is and there's a part two to this i want you to invite them to do the same mm. now if you everything we do talk about here they talk about it's like yeah you go first and then you ask then you give an invitation for someone else to speak on the same subject so let's like say you're what's having, the most important thing well let's say you're having financial issues and you're the truthful conversation you have to have with your kids is hey listen I want to sit here and pretend that you're going to get all these things. Now, granted, older kids, they know Santa isn't real, these type of kids. Okay? Like, okay? And even with the ones who are younger, it'd just be a different conversation. But with the older kids, the ones who can be a little bratty because they want the magic of them getting expensive things, but they know it's not real. They just want you to buy it for them. In that scenario, once you tell them, hey, listen, I just want to let you know, it's unfortunately, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do all the things I want. I'm not going to be able to afford to buy this. I can't do that. Do I wish I could? Yes. I'm going through difficult times. I'm struggling. Um, I can't make it what it's not, but I can guarantee this. I'm going to do these things as a dad, a mom, or whatever your role is to make sure that not only next holidays is better, but this next year is better because of it. And this is hard for me to tell you this, but I also know it's going to motivate me to want to work and do more. Something along those lines, whatever that may be. And then you invite them to say, Listen, is there anything that that you know you're kind of fearful of, or that maybe you want to bring me up about holidays? Something that maybe you think would be helpful for my stress or the family stress or this, that, and the other. The number one thing when I've had parents give that invitation, 
that they got from kids, specifically the older kids, even grown kids that don't even live at the house anymore, the number one thing, I don't know why this continues to happen, they say, yeah, uh, we're wondering if we could start new traditions, hmm. do things differently. A lot of times the parents want to hold on to the cute memories of doing the same things that they did when the kids were younger. The kids, as they phase out of some of those things, they want to create new traditions for their new stage of life. And they don't always want to do the old ones. And that can be a huge problem in between families. I don't know if you know this, but some people have something in their mind that has to be done a certain way and they don't want it to change no matter what. Even if everybody else is going, you are looking like a crazy person because why do we have to go to this restaurant all the time? Like, why can't we just do something different? For some reason, people get in these habits, specifically over the holidays, they're so fixated upon making that old habit still feel special and still feel magical. But the kids, when they're invited to share with their parents things that will help relieve stress, make things better, nine times out of 10, the kids will will make a suggestion to change some, toward, some sort of family idea or family ritual that's just not relevant in that time. Some families that have lost loved ones uh, during every holiday, they always want to leave out of town. And sometimes the kids are like, I get it why we did it the first year, but we're really tired now. Like we just want to be our, by our friends. Right. We want it to be simple. Sometimes as parents, you know, sometimes we try too hard to make it elaborate. That's like when you have a two or three year old, you buy them all these Christmas toys and they just play with the water bottle. Like what the hell? They play with a water bottle all Christmas morning. It's yeah. like crunch, crunch. Right? We've had those yeah. experiences. We're like, man, we so overshot that. We need to listen to the children who aren't little kids anymore. And even the younger kids, would you like to start a new Christmas tradition? You didn't have say in our earlier ones. Would you like to create a new one for us? So the conversations don't have to be solely based upon, I'm not providing all the best best experiences and presents this year. And so that's my confession to you. It could be I'm in a difficult place or I, you know, this Christmas isn't turning out the way I thought it was, or here's what I want to do, but I feel like everybody's resistant. Do you guys have any ideas? Give the invitation, ask people to weigh in on what they think. Well, things, I mean, as your family gets older for me, like kids who are, who are working or traveling, or they want to spend it with a significant other. And then you start going, wait a minute. You're not on the top of the priority list anymore (laughs) on the holidays. Yeah. Oh, so I like these, um, I like this reminder. I think that, as always, opening up the conversation in a vulnerable way um, yields connection. It yields opportunity for understanding. And and if you notice real quick what Heidi is saying, opening up that conversation, starting a conversation with the kids about something that you have to share with them should not start out with you asking them questions. <laughs> should not start with, are you okay Like with what I just said? Or, hey, I, you don't want to make assumptions. You just want to say, here's where I'm at. Here's some truth I want to share with you. What are your thoughts? Invite them to share some things. Is there some things that maybe we could do differently? Because I know in the past, uh, the most common thing is that people are so stressed over the holidays and these kids are seeing mom and dad, your guys' pattern is setting yourself up for stress. Let's do it different. Yeah. So be open to suggestions. Consider some of the suggestions, even if your brain's like, we've always done this. Well, change is the only thing we can plan on. (laughs) Things are definitely going to change. So, and I'm not saying get rid of your family traditions. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying be open to other people's suggestions. And the only way you're going to get the best suggestions, you just got to talk a little bit yourself, be truthful, honest, and then ask them to share themselves. And probably some self-care. Parents, moms, Heidi, take some time to take care of yourself so that you can show up for your people. And let's be very specific with self-care. 
eating and sleeping. Eating foods that you know work better for your body instead of the ones that make you want to take naps. (laughs) (laughs) Or throw up. (laughs) And getting enough sleep somehow, some way. And I know it's easier said than done, but those two fundamental things right there, I mean, that's that plays a huge role in our energy level and our ability, especially during this time of year. We don't get out as well, much. It's hard you, to you know exercise and get some sunlight. If you're like me and you know that these feelings run deep and that it's it's a tough time, you know, make sure that you're talking to a friend or a therapist or um, your significant other, make sure that- Or your video you're... journaling or journaling. <laughs> yeah, video journaling. That's what we should, that's what I should be doing. That's only if you want to solve your problems quickly. If you want to take years <laughs> to solve them, do it the Just, other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how many years now? <laughs> anyway, thank you, David. I appreciate it. I think that, you know, really helpful for me. Really good suggestions. Um. So I will leave with a confession. I actually had to do this in- how I came up with giving the suggestion to parents was all based upon me doing this myself. And it was a really hard thing for me to do. Um, when I first moved here in 2007 to Utah, um, the first Christmas that I had here, I could afford to buy my wife one shirt that was $35. I was able to get that $35 by selling some of my clothes to a local clothing exchange company. One of the only times I've ever done that, not that there's anything wrong with that, I just... It's just, I had one idea, right? So I got a little bit of money and I think I got enough money to have something to eat for lunch (laughs) and go, you know, get her a shirt that I knew that she liked. And I wrapped up, put it in a box and I couldn't believe how embarrassed and how ashamed I felt. I know as, well, I can speak as myself for, as a man and I speak to a lot of other dads. There's something about getting your, your kids a present that makes them happy. It makes you feel good. But there's something about that makes you feel like you can check the box. I'm a good husband by being able to have the money to purchase gifts and goods to honor, to make your wife happy, to let her know that your hard work, you want to share it with her. Not having any sort of real job at that particular time. I wasn't living here in Utah long. I was trying to get out of counseling because I was tired of it and wanted to do marketing and stuff. And apparently I found myself back in it. I didn't have any work and it. it was really a difficult time. I think even some of my passwords were like lonely and then like some numbers and capitals. And, <laughs> and I, I was in my adult life, the most depressed I've been in recent years. And so long story short, I was so broken down that when I gave my wife the present, I told her if she could come outside and talk to me first this Christmas morning. Came outside and I just broke down and started crying to her. I told her, I'm so sorry. I promise next year I'll give you more. And I, up until that point, I was telling her, oh, yeah, yeah, and I, it's cool, it's cool. And then I realized there's only one present. And so I broke down, cried. She obviously felt bad for me, but she saw a tender side of me that at that particular time, her and I, relationship wasn't going that well. So it, it had a good conversation with her and I. And that honesty and that truth I shared with her, to this day, she's like, we joke around and say, well, what if this doesn't work? And, you know, we don't make money doing this, like this e-course, whatever. My wife's like, well, I loved you when you could only afford to give me one present. And if you only had a bus pass, as long as you're saving your money to buy a car, I'm still your woman. I'm like, all right. I like the little disclaimer there, as long as I'm still saving money. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have a bus pass, you're not a bum. You know, I'll, I'll still be with you. I'm just not, you know, stupid. 
And I remember that moment that she like, I was a beaten dog, I was down. I felt like I was, I couldn't even look her in the eyes. I was so embarrassed. And I remember her just kind of put her hand on my shoulder and just kind of saw me cry and just hugged me. And she said, okay, and she wore that shirt. And it took the edge off just enough where I didn't feel horribly ashamed. I felt like she understood because up in that point, I didn't know what to do. And then when I started telling the other dads this and other people this, it started to take on its own life for themselves. So I learned this one simply because I couldn't bear to look at my wife. So I just had to tell her how horrible I felt. And that really opened up our relationship a lot. And shortly after that, we actually went to get counseling for the first time. We went to some marriage counseling. It was really what kicked off a lot of this. So hopefully you guys can kind of tweak this and kind of, you know, if it's necessary for you to have some truthful conversations, that this will give you the ideas how to start those conversations and how to give invitations for them to share their thoughts and feelings as well. Yeah. It's those money relationship problems (laughs) certainly don't make relationships easier. Right. And by the way, <laughs> looking back at the shirt I bought her now, it was ugly. It wasn't even that pretty shirt. <laughs> like, and it, I don't even think I got the right one that she wanted. Like, I usually pick out good clothes for my wife, but she looked at it. She was like, I don't think you got the right one, but I'll take it. You know, I don't think she wouldn't hurt my feelings anymore. <laughs> so just a little side thing there. Just always, you know, we talk about this a lot. The vulnerability always equals connection. And um, even this time of year is a good time to be open about whatever that is, whatever you, wherever you are with the struggles that you have or, or the stress that you might be facing this time of year. Um, take that opportunity to create connection because that's, what's going to be memorable. And that's, what's going to, that's what the relationship will build on. So, or if you don't have enough money for presents, you can tell them Santa's broke this year. (laughs) Santa didn't pay all of his bills. Tax man's after him. It's rough. Yeah. Well, you guys, um, as always, to all of you listeners, we appreciate so much you showing up. It was so fun this last weekend. Um, I was in San Diego teaching some scrapbooking classes, and uh, I got to have FaceTime with so many of you who listen. And and you get to have Sancho's tacos, too. I did have some Sancho's <laughs> tacos, not to bring that up again. But yeah. yes, it was delicious. And Sancho's tacos, if you're listening... I think Salt Lake would really be a great market. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Working on some franchises here. Don't be. Come on, man. Like, if they come to town, I need I need a cut of that pie. Yes, I need a piece uh, of that pie. I need my own booth with a free taco a day. There you go. There you go. Well, um, to all of you who are listening, and to all of you who might be negotiating a a more difficult path. Um, this holiday season, know that you're not alone and know that um, that we're your people, that we're here to kind of feel it with you and that that's okay. Um, and thank you, as always, for helping us to light the fight. <laughs>